You're listening to the Discovery COVID-19 podcast. Our expert guests help you to understand coronavirus disease 2019 and how you can manage your health, well-being and financial security during this time. I'm Dr. Kalinda Linda, clinical psychologist, and this podcast is all about what to do when you've lost your job. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the main signs and symptoms of what you can expect. Just a quick note on what to do with your financials. And then most of this will be about thinking about your skills in a new way, which I hope will help you to move in a new direction. So the horrible part at the beginning, you've lost your job. And that's exactly what this is. It's a loss. It's a loss of income, security, your purpose every day. So do expect the stages of grieving to happen, starting with the shock, denial, and then moving into the bargaining where there's a lot of thinking and blaming and could and should and would and if only. Maybe I should have agreed to that deadline. Maybe I shouldn't have said I can't take this anymore. And this is a horrible stage, so please keep an eye on it. And if you find that it's going on for more than two, three days and it's getting intense and you can't sleep, you can't function because of this overthinking, please speak to somebody, somebody close to you, maybe somebody from the EAP at work if possible, resources like SADAG, your GP, a therapist. So this is the second part, the bargaining And within that path, there's also the blame. Do you implode? Do you explode? And this then leads to the anger and the sadness. And I think we know strangers to how horrible this feels because this is an impotent anger. And maybe you know that actually this is not a personal thing. It's because the people who employed you can't afford to pay you. You know that this is bigger than everybody, but the anger is still there. And what really helps is to get it out physically in a healthy way. And by this, I don't mean kicking and punching inanimate objects, but I mean exercising, even though we just have a brief window at the moment where we can do this, or trying to do some DIY things that involve something physical. So think of anger as nuclear energy. It can implode, explode, or you can channel it. And it really helps to be having a task that's got a beginning and an end and something you can physically do. And then with the sadness, please get support when this happens, even if you just need a hug, because this is perhaps also an impotent sadness. You know, there's not much we can do about this, but you've got to let yourself grieve. And what I normally suggest, and I've done this myself when horrible things have happened, especially when they've been unexpected and out of my control, as they usually are, aren't they? Is that I'll give myself about 10 minutes and I'll sob and I'll cry and I'll shout and I'll do whatever I need to for those 10 minutes. And once that's over and I've got most of it out, I'll actually feel much better and be able to move forward. And I've often recommended this and I've always been given the feedback that it really does settle, even though you think it's not going to. And then there's that little bit of acceptance. And that might just be exhaustion in the beginning. But eventually more and more acceptance comes. So please be patient with yourself and normalize this. It's natural to be grieving, to go through these stages of emotional ups and downs, to feel unsure about your future. 
And what I really recommend here is to keep an eye on yourself, that there's nothing extreme that isn't settling. So after two weeks, of course you can have extreme emotion and mood swings and all sorts in the first two weeks while you're starting to adjust to the situation. You're probably going to be overreacting to small things. You're not maybe going to want to eat. Maybe you just want to eat everything in sight. Your sleep's going to be disturbed. Maybe you just want to sleep to not think about the reality. Or maybe you can't sleep. If you've got thoughts of self-harm or suicide, if that happens once or twice in the beginning, that's actually a normal part of the process. But if any of these symptoms, especially the thoughts of self-harm, suicide, it's too much, or you're just finding for more than two weeks you just cannot get out of bed, you can't function, if any of that is happening, please do speak to your GP, a therapist, someone close to you. Another practical thing I advise is to try and stay as healthy as you can. Try not to be thinking too much. Try and move every day. Make sure you stay hydrated. You know, we we all know that there are certain things we need to do. Sleeping right, eating right, moving a bit, prayer, meditation, support, that kind of thing. And choose your news. It's probably not the best time for you to be on social media and definitely not too aware of the news at that point. So these are all practical things that you can do. And again, I'm not a financial expert, but just an overview is to take stock. Take stock of exactly where you're at financially, any help you might be eligible for. And then what I've often seen recommended is to draw up a survival budget and try to get the whole family involved. What could you let go of for now? What can you cancel? What can you not? And always the short-term insurance, medical aid, life insurance is the last to cancel, if at all possible. And it might be incredibly difficult to cancel entertainment debit orders at the moment because everybody's stressed and everybody's at home. But this might be what you need to do and keep your medical aid rather. And everybody seems to agree, don't cash in your pension. This is absolutely your last resort. So like I said, I'm not a financial specialist. So these are just things to get advice on. And what I really want to talk to you about is to think about your skills in a new way. So spend some time really thinking about what skills you have. Maybe ask people close to you, what kind of skills do they think you have when they think of you? And then make a list. So your skills might be useful in a completely different industry. And by thinking about yourself in a new way and what you have to offer in a new way, you can also open up more opportunities for yourself. So if you think in terms of your skill set more than the job or industry you came from, this is what I'd recommend. So for example... Do you have an ability to connect with people, to entertain? Do you have the confidence to speak to strangers? And I've recently, over the last few weeks, had many conversations with people who've actually discovered that they've shifted out of an industry that's completely dead into something else by doing exactly this. And they're quite shocked that their skill set is actually something that can be used at the moment. So once you've done this, 
then have a look, research what you would what would likely to be needed after this crisis. So what kind of skills do we think are going to be premium in the world after the crisis? And which of these skills could you spend time honing and refining? And once you've done that, you can have a look at all these free places offering free courses. Udemy, Coursera, there are lots of free ebooks. Audible, I know, is offering a lot of free books. And then lots of people, coaches and so on, offering free time and expertise at the moment. Maybe even the banks, industry. So once you've seen what those are and you know what your skills are that you want to spend a bit of time on, honing and refining, what small step can you take today to move you closer to that goal? Small steps are incredibly important. And please remember, you're not alone in this and there's no need to feel ashamed. This pandemic is beyond anyone's control. So reach out Ask for help, take small steps, do one day at a time and think about yourself in terms of your skills in a whole new way. This podcast was brought to you by Discovery. Stay informed, stay healthy.